Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 32, which I believe is page 78. Hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? They said, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've done slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours who was dead is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let us pray. God, we ask that as we hear this story, this parable of Jesus, that it speaks to us. That it open our hearts and minds. That it challenge us to see the world anew. 
so that we may continue to live as your hands and your feet in this world. Amen. Now, like I said in the beginning, I hope that you were listening carefully to this morning's reading from the Gospel according to Luke, because I'm going to ask that we try a little exercise before diving into this passage. In groups of two or three, I'd like you to briefly paraphrase this parable with your neighbor, and no looking at the Bible if you have it open. I'll give you a few minutes before inviting us back together again. And I will keep time, don't worry, I will not prolong your sharing, but I invite you uh, to spend a few minutes talking to your neighbor, uh, briefly taking turns uh, sharing this parable paraphrase. And I'll let you know when you reach the halfway point. Okay. Well, if you, you can keep sharing afterwards if you want, but we're going to get... <laughs> but uh, what were some of the things that you noticed during your time of retelling this parable to your neighbors? You could just call them out. Uh, no need to be formal about this. Forgiveness? Heard forgiveness? What else? Maybe a, a, a fact that stuck out to you, uh, something, a, a story element that popped out. Okay, so the old... The, Understanding the feeling of the older brother, that's certainly a part of it. How about one more thing from this parable that you maybe stuck out to you from retelling it to your neighbor? Selfishness. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I'm sure that uh, as you told this parable to one another, there were some things that were in common, but I'm sure that there were details missing as well. And if so, it'd be interesting to think why uh, you thought they were left out. Of course, time is a factor in that as well. And of course, I don't expect you to know all of the parable right off the bat after your first time hearing it. But these are things, uh, this is an exercise that I think is helpful for us as we consider what this parable means for us today. Which I guess leads us to the question of who really is the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter? That depends, I think, on how you read this parable and how you see yourself in the story. Because as we pay attention, the prodigal might be someone who is unexpected. Because the prodigal might not just be the self-centered individual they think they are. The prodigal son or the prodigal daughter might actually also be a prodigal father or mother or even a prodigal community. How we see ourselves in this text will humble us. It will remind us that we are not the center of the universe. And it will call us to live lives of love and compassion. There's a professor of New Testament at Trinity Lutheran Seminary by the name of Mark Allen Powell who reminds us of this important lesson of seeing Jesus' parable in a new light. You see, Powell once did an experiment on a 12 American seminary students and had them do what I just had you do. They read the parable of the prodigal son and then had to recall it from memory. Interestingly enough, Powell found that none of the students he had selected mentioned the famine that had occurred within this passage. Powell admitted that he himself didn't consider the reference to be significant as well. Not surprised then that none of the other students had mentioned it. But this experiment that Powell started went on to be done in Russia and did it with the same, uh, did the same exercise with a group of uh, 50 Russian students. Compared to the group in America, he found that 
more than half of them, three quarters of them, had remembered the famine. Powell had conducted this trial as well um, in other places. And when he did it in Russia, he found that the reason the Russian students remembered the famine was because back during World War II, Germany had sieged one of their great cities, which led to a great famine. And it was a general generational memory. The Russians did not emphasize the squandering or the misuse of the prodigal son's inheritance, which was something the American students had often done. Which begs the question, what is some of this underlying context as we seek to discern who really is the prodigal? Well, things get a little more complicated because as time has gone on, this experiment continues around the world. And we found that in countries like Africa and uh, in, in countries on the continent of Africa and in places like Asia, the problem isn't the prodigal son squandering his wealth or the famine, but it's the people in the foreign country who failed to help the prodigal son when he fell on hard times. The failure of the community, the failure of helping a stranger who has come to a new land is the great tragedy that occurs within this parable. You see, we each bring something to the table. We all have something that we can offer when we gather together and when we pray as a community. And each of these things influences who we are as a person who is uniquely and wonderfully made. So I ask again now, who really is the prodigal son and the prodigal daughter? And like I said before, that depends on how you approach this parable of Jesus. While we might be inclined to stick with what we know, the reality is we might feel a little uncomfortable going out into the unknown and exploring the other options because it might expose some of our own perceived shortcomings as well. But that's the point. Each and every one of us is a prodigal in some way or another. We aren't perfect. And if we think we are, we might end up like the elder son, who became so bitter and angry that the father showed grace and compassion. The interesting part of this parable is that we don't know how it ends. We don't know if the elder son goes up to join the rest of them. It's almost as if Jesus was directing a, a movie of some sorts and the option pans out, you know, to show a, an open field or something like that, as if we, as the elder son, had a choice to go up and join them. But if we allow our hearts to become so hardened and filled with spite, is it actually better then to be the one who followed all the rules in the first place? And if we think we're the only ones who are righteous and well-off, our hearts might become like those in the faraway country who refused to help the prodigal son during the time of famine. Surely there was enough, even though there was a famine. I'm sure that people had saved more than enough, but their hearts were hardened. Their spirits of generosity, compassion, care for the stranger from a distant land was forgotten. 
It wouldn't be surprising if the people in that country had a pull-yourself-up kind of attitude. But how quickly did they forget that it takes more than one set of hands to help up a fallen person? We cannot expect to receive grace if we are not willing to give grace to others as well. It means we have to be vulnerable at times, but isn't that better than living a life that hoards blessings for oneself? The point of our reflection this morning is to take a step back, to look at the more significant scene that is before us and see how each of us has played a role, has played the role of the prodigal at different points in our lives. Perhaps we have squandered the things that we have, the resources that we have, this earth that we have. But maybe we have also turned our back on our neighbor. Maybe we have failed to help the stranger who came into our community from some unknown place. Perhaps we've struggled together in those times of hardship and famine, both spiritually and physically. We will hopefully find then that we are a little more empathetic and a little more compassionate when we know what it is like to be in the one who was lost and then was found. Jesus' parable of the prodigal son is a parable that speaks to us today because it resonates with the hazards that we encounter on a daily basis. We wrestle with greed. We wrestle with caring for the earth, protecting one another, and balancing our egos in the presence of a God who passes out forgiveness and grace freely. I think that the takeaway for us this morning as we imagine ourselves and as we know ourselves being in the position of the prodigal son, that when we return, there is a God who welcomes us. It's not about what is fair or what is just, but what is right. And when we choose to live in that kind of community, when we choose to see the world through that kind of lens, everyone who is a part of it is better for it. There is an open invitation for us to turn our back on the ways of death and destruction and to set ourselves back onto a path that leads to life. We are all prodigal sons, daughters, and children of a God who calls us to such powerful, life-giving love. The prodigal may be you or me, But that doesn't mean we have to wear that title like some kind of scarlet letter around our necks. Instead, it means we move forward, knowing that each day we are given a chance to do better, to live as Christ would have lived, and to go out into the world knowing how hard it can be to stay on the path that is set before us. So don't be so quick to judge as we are never truly sure of the full story of another person's life and live life knowing that there is always grace and there is always strength that comes from God who runs out like the father in the parable, the prodigal son, and embraces us and welcomes us home. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. 
If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.